Welcome to Checks and Balances. I'm Michael Vincent. This is James Blair. And this week, we're getting the rig ready for summer. It's financial fasting. So, Mike, summer is coming. We are thinking about fasting, not your traditional fasting. I've been going 31 years trying to work out how to get a six-pack. So we're not going to talk about that today. It'll be too much trauma for me. Absolutely. We're talking about financial fra- financial fasting. So Frances Cook, who's a journalist for Business Desk, she is one of the biggest um, influencers when it comes to money in the country. Uh, she's brought this concept up, Mike. Yeah, financial fasting. So originally it was a book published in 2014, The 21-Day Financial Fast, but this is a condensed version. Let's check out what she's got to say. Have you heard about financial fasting? It's one way to save more money with less effort. Hey, I'm Francis Cook, I'm a financial journalist and I help you understand what's going on with your money. So here's how financial fasting works. First, calculate the bare minimum you need to live on for one week. Include things like a very basic food shop and bills like your electricity and your rent. Then block out one week each month, try to live off that bare minimum. Don't spend anything extra, probably keep your social life on pause just for that week. Stack all the money you save somewhere you won't be tempted to grab it out again, like an online-only savings account or straight into your investments account. Then go back to normal life for the rest of the month, knowing you've done something good for yourself. So a financial fast, not a bad time year to be thinking about that. You've got your New Year's resolutions. You're going to be hitting the gym every day, five days a week for what? One week? I would, lo- <laughs> I would love to see the numbers around gyms come January oh, and yeah. just that massive spike and then how long it takes for people to kind of weave off. And, yeah. But anyway, that's probably a completely different topic. So financial fasting, just to bring it back down, it's a week of the month where you go, I'm shutting up shop, I'm not having any fun, I'll enjoy myself in the other three weeks of the month and just pretty much not doing a hell of a lot and saving a bit of money, Mike. Yeah, and I guess it's sort of that, you know, uh, you're working in little sprints to try and get there, right? It's not a long, laborious budget because everyone hates the B word, Mm. Uh, but it's something you can do for one week a month, keep it really tight and hopefully uh, make yourself better off financially in the future. The amount of um, correlation between finance and health is just crazy. (laughs) Like, uh, and we'll talk about the advantages and the cons in a second, but I think about like, when it comes to fasting and you go, well, I'm not going to eat anything until dinner, Mm. but then I blow out, I have a pizza, I have some dessert, and it's all kind of, so it it definitely depends. But Mike, do you want to talk us through the advantages of fasting first? Yeah, cool. So, I mean, anytime someone is talking about finances, budgeting, how to be better, how to make yourself better for your future, we love it. Like anytime this gets out into popular media and becomes an exciting thing, because let's be honest, finance, not the most cliffhanging thing in the world. Um, We absolutely like it. So we like that she's bringing that to the forefront. Um, Taking control of your finances and saving money is a good thing. So that is an absolute advantage. You know, uh, anytime you're reducing your credit card charges um, or anything like that, that's great as well. Uh, And just more generally, good to have some awareness of your spending habits. So those are sort of the main advantages of a financial fast. James? Hit me with the cons. Well, the cons are you can't fix all your problems in 21 days. Mm. You can't fix your problems in a week of the month. You've, you've still got to have some level of consistency beyond that. The next one is it does call for a lot of change in a short period of time. Now, I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but Mike, could you stay at home for a week of the month and not have any fun? Uh, you'd probably have to put like a home detention bracelet on me. <laughs> um, like outside of that, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those German raves at 1.30 in the morning do not pay for themselves, uh, do they? It's German minimal tech house. Um, no, I mean, you could you could mix it up a little bit and do like, I don't know, like 
Monday to Friday, I'm going to absolutely do it as, as maybe a different way. But again, you're just running the risk of blowing out as soon as you're let out of the house. Yeah, yeah. And that's the final con of um, financial fast is it can backfire. So it's an analogy once again to uh, health and eating mm. that you might be able to be good for a period of time. But what happens and what we talk about a lot is it's not some huge big dramatic change that happens it's about small consistent steps over a period of time absolutely however if this works for you and it's i don't know the gateway drug to a better budget then absolutely get on it and do it i mean it's it once again coming back to health there's a million different ways you can uh be healthy, have a good workout regime, have a good diet. It's the same with your money. You don't have to have um, a spreadsheet with a budget. You don't have to be picking your own stocks and investing. You can have it as passive as you want. It's whatever works for you. And for some people, the idea of concentrating for a period of time and controlling it for the rest of the time might work. Yeah, absolutely. So if you are interested in a financial fast and you don't want to read a 12-page book on how to do it in 21 days, Here's the rundown, how to financial fast. So you calculate the minimum you can spend off, uh, I guess for your day-to-day life for uh, one week, block out that one week of a month, and then really cut down to that bare minimum. Like uh, Francis said in the video, you know, it is food, water, electricity, rent, that's it. You're in a gulag for a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the most important point there is that the money that you are saving throughout that week, you need to put it somewhere where you can't touch it and that you're not just going to be like, cool, here's some extra fun money for the other three weeks of the month. Yeah. Also, a 12-page book doesn't seem like that long of a book. page chapters. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, mean, I mean, have you been sticking to the kids' books it's until now? Or? It's a comic. I know yeah, James yeah. Jr. is on his way and you are practicing Sorry, reading those kids' it's books. It's a graphic novel. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... There's so many advantages to this. The first one is calculating the minimum spend that you can live off. So many people don't know that number in terms of before the fund, before all the discretionary stuff, how much does your life cost? And it's not about living off, you know, beans and rice your whole life, but just knowing of your total income, what percentage is the, this is my rent, my utilities, my food, all of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that as a starting point is very, very beneficial to you. Yeah, it's pretty powerful considering that most people just simply don't do it. A couple of things to note though, you've really got to avoid your spending triggers um, while you're doing this because these are the things that are going to sort of really derail you off this sort of plan, um, especially if it's those other three weeks of the month, you're like, I can have fun now. Yeah, and that's that's the thing to be really really careful of is during that week, who are you hanging around, what are you doing? Yeah. But the other three weeks, you've just got to make sure that you do create that control. Otherwise, there's just no point behind it. Um, point number two is going through the cupboards, going through the leftovers, going through the freezer and cleaning everything out so you spend less money on groceries. Mike, how much is stuff, is, how many cans of lentils do you have that you could be eating at home look i'm gonna lie probably not lentils um but there is a lot of stuff in the freezer that i could clear out so it is it's a really good thing to do just keep in mind that's only going to be for the first week yeah that's a good point <laughs> and then when the pantry's there you're gonna yeah. have to stock yeah. it up and do it i know again. one person who likes to kind of make the most of anything hanging around is your fiance christina you know sometimes you'll get four different types of pasta chuck it into one spag while making sure she's making the most of it so everyone's doing their little piece yeah, it's not really a spag bowl it's sort of like a pasta keys in the bowl uh, <laughs> cool so so uh, third point there, you've got to create a budget. Uh, you know, you've got to just do it over the long term. So really good rule with the 50, 30, 20, uh, 50% towards what you need, 30% towards uh, what you want, and then 20 
percent goes towards your savings or your debt repayment or something that's going to get you ahead in the future. You know, we've talked about them before, but Pocketsmith are really good for this. Uh, you link your bank accounts up to it. You cannot lie to it like you can to your financial advisors. It is going to get you ahead. Where's all the money, Mike? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Pocketsmith is a great tool to get clarity and understand what's going on. We also like just, and we talked about it a bit in the Barefoot Investor um, review that we did as well. You can just set up automatic payments, the right bank accounts. It's really whatever, whatever works for you, but setting up that budget. And you probably also need to go that, that 30% that I'm going to be spending, um, you know, how are you going to be using it over those three weeks out of the four weeks? Yeah. Because it should create a bit more fun in, in theory. Yeah, but you got to make sure you're on this um, uh, on this week. You are not window shopping. You are not putting stuff on lay-by. You are not putting stuff on your credit card and going, I'm not actually spending until the other week. It is no spending. Yeah. And the, probably the other part to think about is with that money you are saving, where are you putting it, which Francis touched on a little bit, is if you have uh, like a credit card or a car loan or anything like that, that is where the money goes first before anywhere else because of the higher interest rates. If you're paying 17% on a car loan and you're making 3% on a savings account, it doesn't take a genius to work out mathematically where the money should go. Yeah. So Mike... Overall, how do we feel about financial fasting? Oh, look, like I said, if it works for you, great, do it. If this is the gateway drug to your euphoria of financial freedom, then get on in there. Who would have thought financial fasting being the outcome? If anyone else has got these other kind of different ideas when it comes to money and different ways that you can operate, there's a thousand different ways to go about it. So please let us know in the comment section. Send us through a message so we can have a chat about it as well. Thank you very much for joining us. Please make sure to subscribe. Give us some love. Give us a review. We'll catch you next week. Cheers.